Hi, and welcome to 2021. You made it. Congratulations. That alone, after last year, is a massive success. So, props to you. But, are you one of the 74% of people that is thinking of setting some New Year's resolutions? Well, let's have a chat and make sure that you're not part of the 80% of people who don't usually succeed with said resolutions. G'day, my name's Brock Cook and welcome to Occupied. In this podcast, we're aiming to put the occupation in occupational therapy. We explore the people, topics, theories and underpinnings that make this profession so incredible. If you're new here, you can find all of our previous episodes and resources at OccupiedPodcast.com. But for now, let's roll the episode. So, New Year's resolutions. We've all heard of them. Most of us have probably set them at one point or another. Very few of us have actually succeeded in completing any of the resolutions that we set. But why is that? Uh, and what can we do or what can we try that's a little bit different to make sure that we are actually progressing along this journey of self-improvement that we are self-imposing on ourselves every 1st of January. So it's important to sort of know that despite 74% roughly in the US of people wanting to set New Year's resolutions, there's still 80-ish percent of those people that are going to fail them. And that's a massive fail rate, Um, which makes you wonder, like, why are we doing it? What is the purpose? We all have these things in us or about us or around us that we want to change, that we want to improve. Uh, sometimes it's health-related, sometimes it's career-related, sometimes it's money-related, but every single person has something that they would love to improve upon uh, in their lives. Now, for some reason, it's a, it seems to be a cultural thing. We've been brought up with this belief that the start of the new year is this magical time where all of a sudden boom, we can start fresh, start clean. Everything that we've sort of patterned and built up to that point no longer affects us. And we can simply choose what we're going to change or what we're going to do better at in the new year. It all sounds wonderful on paper. And I wish I could tell you that that's exactly how it worked. But unfortunately, we can't instantly rewrite um, all of our patterns and our history at the the tick of the 12 o'clock clock. Uh, unfortunately, it would be much easier if we could, but... Mm. Now, for most people, the majority of their New Year's resolutions tend to be health-related, um, seconded by self-improvement-type uh, goals. It's interesting that the younger generation, so Gen Z, is much higher uh, percentage of them actually wanting to or anticipating setting New Year's resolutions. And as you go 
through the generations, uh, towards the older generations, the baby boomers and so on, uh, that gradually gets less and less. Uh, and I can only uh, predict or I can only sort of guess that that's because uh, they failed a number of times during their younger years at actually completing some of these resolutions. And that kind of wears on you, I would imagine. So down to baby boom is where it's sort of only about 60% of people are going to set New Year's resolutions for 2021. Gen Z is up at about 92%. So there's a massive difference. Um, they're just young and fresh and hasn't been, hadn't had the life beat out of them yet. So that's quite interesting. Um, one of the, one of the reasons that it's, I guess, hypothesized that resolutions don't necessarily work for the vast majority of people is that they're they're so broad. It's, I want to improve my health. I want to make more money or be better better manage my money, maybe. Um, They're really broad. There's no guidance. There's no uh, reflection on what the actual issues regarding that are or anything like that. And yes, we know as OTs that Generally, what you would do if you came across a client with said resolution or goal, that you would then go through and break it down and turn it into more manageable steps. But unfortunately, the I guess the culture around New Year's resolutions isn't to do that. It's just going to improve my health. New Year comes around and boom, we'll buy a gym membership for the year. And we'll go four days and waste the rest of it. So what can we actually do? Like, why are we setting these big wish statements? Um, I, I, I think that one of the reasons that that fails is, yes, they're broad, but sometimes they're also somewhat out of reach for that point in time for the person, which isn't a bad thing. I'll get to that soon. It's not a bad thing. But because there's no breakdown of that goal, we don't know. We don't know that, okay, I don't actually have the skill set yet to be able to complete this resolution. So how am I actually going to do it? Um, Skill sets such as discipline or willpower, which I'm sure many of you will attest, um, are really, really important when it comes to setting things like exercise goals, like going to the gym or uh, nutrition goals, like you know, eating healthy, eating more vegetables, whatever your goal might be, um, the, the soft skills of discipline and willpower are massive and probably the one thing that gets overlooked every single time. Those of you who have listened to this podcast for a very long time now, uh, may recall me doing an episode way back, like 89 episodes ago in episode 7, uh, about smart goal. And I'm going to touch on a little bit of that now while we're discussing this. So one, like I said earlier, one of the things that needs to happen if someone's going to make this sort of life-changing decision 
is it needs to be broken down. It can't just sit there as this massive, on a pedestal, uh, life-altering goal uh, on its own and expect to be completed, expect to be engaged in, uh, and expect to actually happen. So we need to break it down. Now, what most people's defaults would be would be to break it down into smaller goals. And I would hazard a guess that 90% of them uh, would recommend writing them out as SMART goals. Now, interesting enough, I I spoke about in that episode that the the actual purpose of SMART goals um, and what they're best suited for. So I spoke about how they are best suited to do things that you already know you can do, but you want to be able to do them with more efficiency uh, and you know speed and efficiency and teamwork if it's a big group thing, that kind of thing. So there are actually things that SMART goals may help with. And if your resolution is something that you've done before, uh, or something that you 100% know you can do, then there's the potential that SMART goals may actually help uh, you to achieve that. But given that we seem to be relying on the magic power of January 1st, I'm going to assume for the rest of this episode that what you're actually wanting to change about yourself is something that you either have never attempted before or have never attempted successfully before, Um, given that that tends to be where most people uh, put their wish list for things that they would like to improve about themselves. So I'm not going to look at SMART goals as a valid valid method of achieving um, these resolutions. But if you would like to jump back to episode seven. I'll throw a link in the show notes if you want to have a listen uh, and hear about those. So one method that I've been using for a number of years now, uh, and I believe it was Melinda Gates, Bill Gates' wife, who I first heard about it uh, in an article uh, where she was being interviewed, was to... Choose a a word, or I've sort of uh, broadened it to a phrase for the year, for the upcoming year. So rather than uh, picking something, you know, I guess a negative thing, uh, generally that's the things that we want to change about ourselves is the negatives or what we perceive as the negatives. So rather than starting the year off looking at the negatives and what we don't like about ourselves, um, I choose a word or a phrase that I want to essentially live that year by. Um, And what happens is I don't, for me personally, I don't tend to set very hard specific goals around achieving that. It's simply making me aware of when opportunities around that word or phrase present themselves so that I'm ready to dive into them. So, for example, a couple of years ago, I had, uh, or the word that I chose was minimalism. Um, So whenever I was looking at purchasing things, whenever I was, say, cleaning out a cupboard in my my house, in my office, um, minimalism was my focus. And because it was something that I had been thinking about, I had been researching about, I had it sort of front of mind, 
uh, it made it very easy for me to incorporate that into any decisions that I made day to day. Um, I ended up clearing out a lot of the clutter that, you know, most people just have rubbish stored, not rubbish, rubbish, but like useless things that they haven't looked at in years or used in years, stored in drawers and cupboards all over their house. I managed to get rid of a ton of that stuff. Um, I have traditionally not been the greatest with money, but focusing on minimalism and focusing on minimalism when I was actually purchasing things made a massive impact on my decision-making um, and that sort of thing. So another year, uh, last year, in fact, 2019, uh, my phrase for that year was choose adventure. Uh, or sorry, new adventures. So what I wanted um, was I had a friend, uh, a very good friend who had moved to my city for 12 months and in showing her around and doing all the touristy type things when she first arrived, it sort of showed me how little I had actually done in my local area. So I chose that particular phrase because I wanted to actually get out and do new things. I found that at that point in time, I was very much in my uh, very comfort zone, padded, uh, like a comfort zone, I guess, um, and would not really stray out of it very much. And I found that I was sort of missing out on all these random opportunities um, and trying new things. So my city has a lot of different sort of cultural events and that kind of thing, stuff that I never, ever would have even considered going uh, by my, or like before. But because the new adventure, um, I guess, moniker was front of mind for me that year, I went to all sorts of things like art shows and light shows in parks and brass band concerts in parks. Um, more art, like a lot of art stuff, actually, now that I think about it. A lot more camping trips, um, a lot more, tried a lot more restaurants, that sort of thing. So whenever an opportunity would present itself for something that I'd never done before, my initial reaction was to say, yes rather than, eh, it's not really my thing. Um, if I didn't like it afterwards, eh, so be it. But there was a lot of things, like, for example, like the brass band concert in a park. Definitely not usually something I would choose to do, but I'm really glad that I forced myself into it, essentially, because it was an experience that I thoroughly enjoyed with some really good friends, uh, and the music was really relaxing and kind of cool. And it was just, you know, laying on the grass under a tree with, this is obviously pre-COVID, but about a couple thousand other people um, listening to music. And it was an amazing experience, something that I wouldn't have done before that. So that's how I work with the phrase or the word of the year. So my 2021, if you follow me on Insta, you will have seen uh, a few days ago, I posted that my 2021 phrase that I am uh, going to live by, per se, so to speak, <clears throat> is genuine connection. Uh, I think that this year has made everyone very, very 
acutely aware of their social connections uh, and how to maintain them uh, through difficult circumstance. But it's also probably made you realize, one, how fragile people can be. Um, 2021 has had a massive impact on, on a lot of people's mental health, including my own, um, which I have posted about uh, not too long ago. And I might throw that link in the show notes if you are interested in my little 2020 mental health uh, story. But I think a lot of the issues that arose for many of the people that I spoke with boiled down to connection and either lack of connection or finally coming to the realization that some of the connections that they had weren't as genuine as they may have believed or uh, any number of different reasons, but it all sort of boiled down to connection um and 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 consequently like things like support kind of thing so my monica for next year for 20 or for this year sorry 2021 um i am recording this on new year's eve in the afternoon so it won't be 2020 for much longer but by the time you hear this it will be 2021 um yeah, my my word to live, my my phrase to live by for 2021 is going to be genuine connection. And what I'm meaning by that is not messenger, not WhatsApp, not any of that. Like at bare minimum, voice. Uh, next step up would be like video, but ideally, face to face face-to-face connections. And that's something that a lot of people have been missing out on this year and continue to in different parts of the world. Uh, and I completely understand if you know you might be a bit annoyed at me suggesting some of these things if you're not uh, currently able to do that in your part of the world. But hang in there. It will happen again. You will be able to make those face-to-face connections. But that's why I I set out like a spectrum, so you can. Uh, I try to ignore. I don't. I, I find it very difficult to make really, really genuine connections over text because there's so much of communication that's lost uh, in that. But voice minimum, video second, face to face is the the gold standard for me next year, this year, this year. Okay, got to get used to saying that. Um, so that's what I'm doing this year. So what? How I'm going to actually sort of break that down, not using smart goals, obviously, uh, as I said earlier, but there's a few things, and I've mentioned them off and on throughout the last two and a half years of this podcast. But the first thing is uh, when you're first starting out with something like this that can be quite large, uh, is you want to try and set yourself up to guarantee success. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, I mean that. We want to sort of break down this larger thing into smaller, more manageable parts. That should be no surprise to anyone. That's what we do uh, in a variety of ways uh, through our clinical practice. We grade activities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How I'm going to do that uh, is probably a little bit different to most. 
So my method for doing that is I'm not going to have a really structured, rigid plan of I'm going to achieve this this week and that, that next week and that the week after, etc. What I'm going to do is say week one, or I'll probably do it month to month actually um, throughout the year. So say for January, what is the minimum, the absolute minimum thing that I can make sure that I can achieve uh, with regards to genuine connection for that month? The, what is the smallest thing? What is the minimum that I can 100% guarantee that I can do? So it might be I'm going to uh, make a, a video call with one of my friends that I haven't spoken to in quite some time. Just one. That's the minimum. I can do more than that. I can ring a different person every day if I want to. But my minimum standard is what I want to actually set. Um, when you've done that, so for February, so the next month, Okay, cool. I was able to do that. I actually rang three people. That's awesome. So what's going to be the minimum standard that I can 100% guarantee that I'm going to be able to achieve in February? Well, I know that, you know, February is going to be a really busy month for me. University goes back. I'll start studying again. It's going to be pretty full on. I don't know if I could do more than I did last month. So I reckon the minimum I can do because I managed this month pretty good, I'm going to do three. So the same. And, you know, I might do four. I might only do the three. That's okay. Same again. You repeat process each month or each week if you want to, if you want to set weekly goals. Um, but I just know monthly works for that kind of thing because some weeks are busy, some weeks are quiet, some weeks you have more time, some weeks you're just flat out. So... That's how I would break that down, using the minimum that I can 100% get guarantee that I can achieve. So you're 100% successful through the whole process. Um, I don't like setting it up like at the start of the year. Like I'm not going to go, oh, I'm going to do two calls this month, three calls next month, four calls a month after, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think that's a recipe for disaster when it comes to achieving success. Uh, with these resolutions. The other thing I would encourage you, and I know this kind of goes against what I've spoken about so far, is don't wait for a date. Uh, and I'm not talking about a dinner date. I am talking about our habit of always uh, setting a date in the future that we're going to change behavior. So, you know, New Year's resolution is a perfect example. Um, don't wait for January 1st. If it's something that you genuinely want to work on, start it straight away. If you miss January 1st, that doesn't mean that you can't start on January 13th or February 17th or whatever. Choose a phrase, choose a goal, choose anything, but don't, you don't have to wait for a date. The classic one is, oh, I'm going to start diet Monday. No, if it's Thursday, start it now. Start it today. Start it right this moment, right now. And pick a phrase. It might be, I'm going to eat more vegetables. Something real simple like that. Or, you know, I'm going to resist dessert. <laughs> like, 
depending on what your nutritional uh, crutch might be. So choose whatever the minimum you can 100% guarantee um, for that week, for that month, whatever time period you're using is fine. But don't wait. When we set a future date for this kind of thing, what we end up doing is essentially prolonging the time that we can either forget or we don't or hardwire the the goal or the resolution into our brain. So, for example, with my phrase, if I was going to go, yep, okay, genuine connection, I'm going to start uh, on the 20th of January. That's another like three weeks away that I'm not thinking about it and it's not front of mind for me and there's a good chance that it's going to get to January 20th and I'm not even going to realize and it'll end up being like February 4th before I go, oh, wait, I was going to do that and then I'll start. Um, Or I'll just forget completely and never start which it also happens. It, you're introducing more moving parts to a machine that doesn't need it. Uh, and we all know that the more moving parts, the more chance of things breaking. So by, especially if it's a behavior change and not something like, you know, I'm going to save for a holiday or I'm going to buy a house or whatever, where you actually need, like say, if you're going to buy a house, I need to get an appointment. The appointment's not for four weeks. That's a bit different. You've set the appointment, you're just waiting on someone else. If it's something in your control, don't wait. To-do lists, that's one reason why to-do lists and that kind of thing, I know they work for 90% of people, but they never work for me because I spend 90% of my time like setting up a to-do list and triaging what's on the list and working out how I'm going to do each step and then I've missed deadlines and I'm behind and I never actually sort of get through the actual list. So they're they're not something, again, similar to smart goals. They're not suitable for every single person in every single situation. Uh, And I know I'm quite odd with regards to that, but it is what it is. So don't wait for the date. So that's my little, uh, I guess, rant about New Year's resolutions and the fact that you don't need them. You can start a change, a behavior change, whenever you want uh, and don't use the traditional cultural like magic January 1st date uh, to think that it's going to fix all of your problems because the only thing that's going to fix your problems is you. Um. So good luck with them. I'd be very keen to hear uh, what you are or what your phrases, if you're going to use this this format that I, I've used successfully or that I really enjoy using, be really keen to hear like what are what are what are your phrases? What's your what's going to be your word of 2021? So drop it in a, a comment on social media. Shoot me an email. Shoot me a message. Whatever you want. Shoot me a voicemail if you want on occupiedpodcast.com. Uh, but yeah, let me know what's, what's going to be your, your phrase or your word for 2021. Uh, once again, thanks so much for, for joining, uh, this occupied community. 
we've got another year I'm aiming to improve things. I'm going to try and improve my audio quality. I'm going to keep trying to get some amazing guests, some amazing topics. Uh, and we're going to have a look and see if we can drop some extra resources outside of the podcast at some point this year. Uh, a little side project, but I'll keep that one a bit of a secret for now. Um, other than that, thanks so much for listening and Happy New Year. If you liked this episode and want to check out more, head over to OccupiedPodcast.com or search Occupied Podcast in your favorite podcasting app. If you have thoughts or reflections on the topics discussed today, please do get in contact. We'd love to hear from you. And lastly, if you got some value from this and you want to help us out, like, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Remember, be good to yourself, be good to others, and always keep occupied.